Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to this very special Luke Ailing show that we're doing here with the Square Ball. Dan, Michael, and Rob with you to um, to do this hastily assembled show. It's brought to you by Levi Solicitors, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball for a 10% discount on your legal fees. A sponsorship read that is never hastily assembled. No, oh, good, no. I plan it to the letter every I'm gonna, single time. I'm going to try and mesh the two together and say that Luke Ayling doesn't need to move house because of where he is because he can just go up the A1 mm-hmm. to Middlesbrough's training ground and therefore won't need the excellent conveyancing services here in the new year that Levi Solicitors offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if he did want to move near the chemical works, he could. The the Middlesbrough training ground is actually over towards the A1. It's this side, like, over to, by Darlington. Um, nice part of sort of North Yorkshire area. Mm. Yeah. Should we have a trip up just to watch him? And Sam Greenwood. And Johnny Housen. Of course, yeah. Are we saying that we're becoming Middlesbrough fans? <laughs> is that, is that, no, it's <laughs> not. It's, it's absolutely not happening. We're staying firmly in Yorkshire and not whatever they are. No, it's sad, isn't it? We've been saying about, you know, what we're going to talk about here just off air. Before we um, before we started recording, and I think the reaction it's been it's been all about how we feel, hasn't it, with Luke Ayling? Because from a football perspective, it makes sense. From a human perspective, it's been a punch to the guts. I just don't want the whole period to be over. I think is what it essentially boils down to. Yeah, it's just it's some of the best times were Luke Ayling times, weren't they? Yeah. Some of the obviously the promotion, all that, but even the individual moments of it, there are several parts you go. That was key. That was key. That was key. And Luke Ayling was there in central form. And it's not just that it's it's him. It's him and his personality as an extension of that, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because he's so much fun. Because he's got the hair, the you know the way he, that he speaks about and has spoken about in his in his exit interview, I guess, with LUTV about his time at Leeds. Just I don't know. He's he feels very human. Does Luke Ayling to me? And I think that's as much a part of the reaction as anything. He seems like really grateful for his time at Leeds. Like as is the case with many of those those players in the Bielsa era, it's the pinnacle of their career and they kind of know it and they're grateful for it and they probably never expected to hit the heights that they did. I'm thinking specifically, you know, his mates, Cooper, Dallas, him, but a lot of that team as well. Mm. It just, it hit untold heights and it was really, really good and he was really, really good. That was one thing that hit me yesterday. I was, I felt like I was dealing with things all right and then uh, when he put out his statement and it ended with, I hope you've done. I've done you proud. I was like, oh, Luke, I'm so proud of you. It actually it caught me a little bit like that. You never let anyone down. I did. I found I found a little tear rolling down my face. Yeah. I thought, I thought, what's wrong with you, man? It's only football. 
Because also one of the other things I saw yesterday was an old interview with him that he'd done. I think it was with Mundial on their podcast. Uh, and he was talking about Bielsa, how much he enjoyed the promotion and how kind of shocked the players were at how much Bielsa enjoyed it because they'd never seen that side to him. And Luke Ayling was saying like, we owe him everything and I couldn't believe that he was thanking us. And then I was like, oh, but now it's time for us to thank you, Luke. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> believe this is happening. I suppose it, it ultimately... It goes back to connection, doesn't it? And you were talking there about moments, Michael, like football, I think I've said this in recent weeks, football is it's generally miserable and you spend a lot of your time just wishing it away. And then every now and then it's just punctuated by these moments that you know you're going to remember forever. And then the more you know that you get on in life and you look back and you see, I had that moment and I had that moment and I had that moment. And, and it is something actually that Bielsa's talked about, how kind of the the, the glory of victory or winning something is, is almost fleeting and then you just, you're almost back to the to the mundane. But that side, that team of which, to me, I don't know, does Luke Ayling embody it more than anybody else? I feel like he does. It feels like everyone who leaves kind of embodies it though. Yeah. Because when Pablo and Berardi were going, you're like, oh, they really embody that team. And then Click did it and you went, yeah, he really embodies that team. And now we're doing it again and we'll do it again with Dallas and Cooper as well when they when they leave. Yeah, it was all of them, wasn't it? Really? It, was, it was kind of all of them. But So that team is responsible for so many joyous moments. And then I'm thinking Luke Ayling specifically... Just the, yeah, it's, it's a connection thing, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's rare that right backs give you as many moments as Luke Ayling has done. I mean, I was came in just after, I think Stirland was on the books and then, but was injured when I started going to games. But like Gary Kelly never scored goals. Good, didn't really score goals. But I feel like Ayling, even though he didn't score many, the ones he did really, really have stuck. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I suppose maybe it's the changing nature of fullbacks, but you don't maybe expect a right-back to have played such a key role in it. But you saw under, under Bielsa, as soon as Ayling came back for that pre-season, he was suddenly playing miles further up the pitch and it was obviously it was going to be an attacking force as well as just a defensive player in it. So, yeah, and maybe it's that that he means he sticks in the memory. But I was saying to you again, I think it was just the day before we left when it was kind of the, the evening when all the rooms were starting. I was like, I think he's my favourite Leeds right-back yeah. ever. Yeah. I was like, is he? And I was like, yeah, pretty free. I think he probably is. He's maybe not the best. Like prime Gary Kelly was maybe better. But did I like him as much? Yeah, but no, we, but I don't we, think I did. As we said before, we we looked at the like the Leeds Liverpool four three. We went back and had a, a deep dive on that, and we watched the video, didn't we? And there was a lot of just hoofing it up the line and playing percentage balls. I think in terms of output and quality and what you're asking a right back to do, it's right up there. Mm. I mean, Mel Sterland actually going back um, a couple of years prior to that, a couple of decades, I suppose did a lot, you know, overlapping, getting down the right, putting in crosses for for Chapman, but the football was undeniably more basic than the stuff that we saw under Bielsa, where it was all about overloads out wide and, you know, three on twos and, and things like that. Mm. And there's those little interchanges of passes that became so, like, familiar and second nature to that team. Um, it was just, it was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? And that's, I think I think my reference point to this is the promotion and the, and the Swansea goal and feeling kind of emotionally at my lowest, I've spoke before, like wasn't in a good place during the summer of, of 2020 off the back of losing my job at the back end of 2019 and all that accumulated kind of stress and burnout from because I was commuting to Newcastle for five years daily. And then that came to an end. So there's the, the stress and worry of losing a job. And then COVID came around in March 2020 and kind of compounded the problem. And I was in a pretty shit place at that time. And I can remember going and sitting on a, a grass hillside just round the, the corner from my house and just feeling fucking completely miserable. And it was a beautiful, sunshiny day, and it was in the summer. And it was just before the Swansea game, and I was speaking to the therapist on the phone. And then 
the Swansea game happened and I had another appointment a couple of weeks after that and spoke to her and I remember sitting in the same spot in the same sunshine feeling just so much better and I, and I kind of apologised for the Swansea the Swansea goal making me feel better and Leeds getting promoted making me feel better and she told me she said, no, no it's genuinely good like you know even if it is only sport it's it's something that matters to you so you should enjoy it and she said you're not the only person that I've spoken to of my clients in the last few weeks who are Leeds fans who've said that mm. so don't feel bad for football and sport making you feel good and I've realised and I've kind of analysed that and gone away and took away all the learnings from speaking to a therapist and it is it's about connection and she's, she stressed the importance of like human connection and I feel really really connected to Luke Ayling I've spoken before about like the pint test when it comes to footballers and managers and people like that and God he passes it so much mm. God he really does you could you feel like you could sit there with him in a pub enjoying a pint with him and he'd just tell you some great stories and he'd insist on buying them and he'd just he'd, he'd pick a really good pub to go into as well with Luke Ayling he just, he just feels he feels very very human I feel very connected to him and it's all through those moments that he provided on the pitch because I've never met him but I feel like I know him. One of my favourite stories I've heard about Bill, Joe Urquhart, who used to work for the Evening Post, told me this when he was reporting on Leeds, but the, um, the centenary game against Birmingham when Aileen was captain and they did the photo at the start where they were recreating the image of the Revy team. Apparently when the club put that to the players in like a WhatsApp group or whatever and suggested, do you fancy doing this? They were all a bit self-conscious and weren't really up for it because I guess they didn't want the comparison to the Leeds United team but then apparently a few members of staff at the club came in to Thorpe Arch the next day and Aileen had all the players in front of a mirror and they were looking at a photo being like right you're stood there so you need to wave to them you're stood there you need to be doing this and it was just like what a guy like that connection again is like brilliant but I, I do think you know we're always talking about his personality and the pint test and what a great bloke he is the reason he's provided us with all these moments is because he was fucking brilliant at football for those three years I think you said he's your favourite Leeds right back. It's probably like after Pablo, he's my favourite ever Leeds player because mm. he was just great to watch because he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's all it was to been doing the rounds again, like the, the progressive carry stats. I know you can be a bit like stats geeky about this, but in the year we went up, he was ahead, he was top in Europe, wasn't he? And the Swansea goal really captures it because he just so many times he just picked it up, just set off, and you knew he wouldn't stop. It was like he's <laughs> gonna run until he gets someone, then he'll pass it, then he'll keep running. Now pick up another person. And the, to look at another moment of his, the Birmingham game, he's the one in the 98th minute or whatever it is, in the box, cutting it back, and it's an own goal. But he's there again. He just is like, he was non-stop in that period. And I know we can look at him now and go like, he, it's not really his game anymore. It feels like those three years, he, he gave everything and he can't play in that style anymore. But God, he was good. Yeah. He, he was so I mean, he was, he was good before then. That's the thing. He, he was thinking back to the, the pre-BLC years. He was still a good right back but I don't think we saw it coming. I, I certainly didn't see someone who would get to the fringes of the England squad. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So there's the human aspect to it, and there's a the footballing aspect to it. I think on a, on a human level, that connection comes from him. I suppose there's a there's a vulnerability about Ailing, isn't there? Particularly because of his stammer, and yet he was always there front and center when it counted. And you think, mm. you know, primarily of the the Forest interview when Leeds properly wobbled in that in that promotion season. Um, the fact that he's, he's spoken so openly about his gratitude towards Bielsa for getting him up there, his gratitude for being at Leeds, and I think that feeds into the football inside of it in the sense that he was always playing at his maximum during that window. And I think he still would play at his maximum now, but his body's probably, you know, he's that side of 30, not letting him do that anymore. He was playing at his maximum, but probably he was playing above his ceiling as well. And I think that's kind of quite an irresistible idea about so many of that squad that mm. there's almost like a, a dirty dozen un, unlikely heroes, you know, sprung forth from that, that Bielsa team. It's funny for the bit we're going to do on the member show talking about all the right backs. I've been looking through old squads just to remind myself of who was there. It's funny when you get into the kind of era when Ailing arrives and you start seeing some of the promotion players in there. You're like, oh, Liam Cooper's there. Oh, Calvin Phillips has gone into this squad. Oh, there's there's Berardi. He's dropped in. And yeah, the way we thought of them in, you know, 2016 is completely different to, to the way they are now. And I think Ailing is... I know. Was, I suppose Ailing was in some ways probably considered the best of that group. If you were going to say... Who was the best? If you were asking pre Bielsa, who was the best player out of or most important to the team out of Dallas, Ailing, Cooper? You'd have probably said Ailing was like the the obvious starter of that, but still, we didn't expect it. And I think what you say about pushing himself as well, I suppose it goes a little bit back to what we were saying about clicking that someone who takes it very seriously, but also doesn't take it seriously yeah. at all, like can obviously will give absolutely everything, must have trained his and worked his body to such a ridiculous extent to be able to still make that run in the 90th minute but then when he scores against Wolves he's also got the foresight to do a forward roll like a dickhead and do his Robbie Keane business it goes from that that footballing moment where he's he's still making that run in injury time in the 90th minute to that human moment when he's been a dickhead with his mm. mates it, it was funny the, the second time he did it at Wolves I remember being in here and we all went mental because he scored and it, like you say it was a great football moment but then I remember we all stopped to pause and we're like, is he going to do it again? Is he going to do it? And he did the celebration again and we all went mental again, like a second celebration. Like, yeah, he's done it. And again, that's that human side. Just brilliant. And yeah, you were, you were saying there before, Michael, like you scored some pretty important goals, particularly in that that promotion season. You know, you're looking at what he did at Birmingham, as you said, scored against Bristol City, which had been his former club. Cheers, lads. Was very significant. The one at Hull got things going there, didn't it? The deflected shot. The Huddersfield goal. They all get something going, don't they? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Like Rotherham opens the scoring, his first goal. And we won all four of those games. Uh, Millwall gets us back in it at two all. 
Birmingham puts us in. I know that Birmingham went back and forth, but puts <laughs> us in the lead. Bristol, Hull, Huddersfield, first goal in all of those. Um, well, well, even like the, so, Birmingham, the Birmingham winner, he cut it back, didn't he? For yeah. the, the own goal, yeah. Those yeah. Um, last three in that sequence you mentioned as well were directly off the back of that Nottingham Forest interview, which mm. he obviously led the way in kind of drawing a line in the sand doing the interview. But then, you know, he taught the talk and he walked the walks. We won the next five games. He scored the opening goal in three of them. He kept flying clean sheets mm. and he was just absolutely flying. And I love how in his little farewell interview with Leeds yesterday, he refers to his volley against Huddersfield as the last goal before the world shut down. It's like, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't even the last goal in that game. Mm. But it felt like that, didn't it? It was yeah. like, it was the last. It was, I mean, I've said it before, but that day was like a golden day. And it was like one parting gift of like, that was amazing. Mm. Fingers crossed we'll get back to that. Yeah, and just looking actually at the um, the stats, which I think, have you got these from Transfer Marked? I think, judging by the format, in uh, 18 matches in which he scored a goal in each, 18 goals, seven match-winning goals in there. It's not a bad record, is it? It's a shame he's one at Man United. It's kind of forgotten because you can't see that without going... Oh, they'd scored like twice within about yeah. a minute of that go <laughs> in the net. And then but, the bad thing happened, yeah. But yeah, an unbelievable strike was that. It was. Some, some uncharacteristically good goals as well for a fullback, you'd have to say. Like the, the one against Man United, the Huddersfield one, I know there's some scrambled ones as well, but a couple of absolute beauties in it as well. That Birmingham one's a brilliant goal. Mm. And he was just everywhere in that game. I think he set, he, he was involved in the winning own goal, but then I think he set Dallas up as well yeah, for an equaliser. It was just... It was one of those where he was like, I'm not fucking having this, we're winning this game. It was also one of those that encapsulated the BL3 era well because we were in the lead so many times and whilst in the lead, you still you still saw the fullbacks in the box. You were like, for God's sake, just hold on to the lead this time. But no, just keep going. Just I was, keep going. I was looking back at that and I noticed, uh, I think we brought Berardi on as like a third centre-back to shore things up with about 20 minutes to go and for the winning goal, he's winning the ball like 30 yards from their goal. <laughs> <laughs> And in many ways, we've become addicted to that, haven't we? Because it's taken a bit of time for people to get used to Farkas' slightly more pragmatic football in that regard. Mm. Like, why are we not bombing forward? And the lads just just calm down. So if he does come back for the game against Preston, how do you think he'll react to that? Because I, I, I caught myself do a little bit. you think he will? He won't, will he? They've said, they've said subject to his availability. Oh, really? I don't know what that means, really. Well, it means it, it, I suppose it means the invite's there. Has he pre-agreed to come and do that? And they were just being polite when they put that, but... Because you feel like they might not have put that. Was it not already arranged? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But just giving him sure. an out, maybe. Yeah. Just in case there's a furious social media reaction to him, people saying "Good riddance." He's like, <laughs> "I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait around and see." But, um, he, but he doesn't. He does need. He does some sort of send off. And you don't. Football's. It's funny, isn't it? Like how sentimental we get about certain things, and that flies in the face of what football's like. It's a fairly unsentimental, unforgiving business by and large. And you, you saw, you know, the reaction to, let's say, Berardi and like Alioski leaving. And you never really get the chance to say goodbye properly. And it feels like he's owed that for what he did for us. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him come back and do a little do a little wave around the ground and maybe do some forward rolls. You know, did, did, some, did your re- play the hits, get the hair out. Yeah, did your reaction to this catch you at all by surprise? It did a, me. A little bit, yeah. It didn't help that the club kept drip feeding stuff out. And every time they put something out, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Stop Stop making me upset about this. I mean, we knew it was coming, didn't we? Yeah. If not now, we knew it was coming in five months for the end of the season because he was obviously reached a point where he wasn't getting another contract. And you can see the reasons for it because he's massively down the pecking order. There's no point keeping him around, really, is there to not play? But when it actually happens, it's still... I don't know, you've still got to deal with it at that point, haven't you? In, in a way that you've 
as as when something's in the future, you think our oh, future me is worrying about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned yet. But then when it's felt, I oh, know it is actually it's, you, it's going ahead. Is this the only thing I can liken it to? And this is a bit macabre, but you know, my my dog died in in December, and I'm not likening Luke Ellington to a dog. I should stress this, but. Mm. So the dog had heart failure. We took him on, rehomed him, knowing he had heart failure. And he died when he was only three years old. And um, he just died suddenly in the back of the car on the way back from the vets. But it was looming because, you know, you, you could tell his, his condition wasn't great. And I couldn't help but see parallels between Luke Ayling's, like, fading output and thinking at some point soon, they're, they're going to let him go. His contract's coming to the end. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the dog did pass away suddenly. And, yeah, it, it was that, oh, future me is now is now having to deal mm-hmm. with that at the moment when he... He just suddenly died, and you kind of you get hit by the the sense of grief because of that connection that you've got, whether it's with a pet or with a footballer. And, and like I say, I'm not you know likening a, a, a human to a dog, but we all understand what it feels like to lose pets. You know, it's it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? And you you keep mentally putting it off and putting it off and kicking the can down the road, and then suddenly that day arrives, and you're like, oh shit, I wasn't ready for it. And I think my reaction to it felt similar to that in that you just never quite prepared for it, but then when it arrives, it wallops you. And I suppose you won't be able to watch your dog playing for Middlesbrough on Sky. <laughs> um. <laughs> not now no, a weird no. surprise <laughs> not now but <laughs> could, it could happen could that? <laughs> but no it's um, it is a sad day because it's a thing that we all enjoyed or part of it anyway that's coming to an end and it feels shit when things come to an end mm. yeah, yeah I think part of the thing that got me as well was seeing the reaction of the other players and like how sad they are or how grateful they are that they've played with him and seeing a lot of the photos from that day when they lifted the championship trophy and like the photos of him, Click, Dallas and Cooper, you do go, God, that was just like the heartbeat of that side, wasn't it? And none of them are really here anymore or certainly not the players they were. And it, yeah, it was really good that, wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and Clicky saying, I'm not crying, you were crying. It's like it meant something to them as well, didn't it? Like I say, on that really, really human level, they were a part of something and they know it and we were a part of something and we know it. And it's horrible to see another part of it being eroded. Mm. I think we'll see Erling again. I think that's the thing. I think he'll be, whether he does another year at Middlesbrough or whatever, but I can see him becoming a part of the furniture somehow at Leeds. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why. I, I especially, feel like in, especially if he's set up family in like Nesborough. Or, I feel like in yeah. some, whether it's coaching or just doing something, just knocking about the place. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've, um, I feel like he's ours now. He's been here long enough, hasn't he? I know he was at Yeovil for a long time. But he's put down roots, hasn't he, in, in North Yorkshire. So I think his family's there, the kids are there, and it's harder then to uproot them and start moving around the country, which is why Middlesbrough makes sense from a, a practical point of view, doesn't it, with his family, in that they don't have to move house. Mm. It's, it must be weird, though, thinking that if he, he lives on the same street as a couple of his mates, presumably, and I know Ollie McBurney's probably a neighbour of his, isn't he, his mates with him, but suddenly they're not all leaving together at the same time to go into training or whatever, and he's having to set off that a little bit earlier to get up to Middlesbrough and like they're waving him off the street or whatever. I don't know. Mm. Seems all a bit sad. He still mates with Carl Bartley, isn't he? They're still best pals. Yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they don't live next to each other. That's true. Football is it is a transient business, isn't it? And we forget that sometimes, particularly when we get attached to, to players like this. But uh, it's very rare that we fall in love with players to such an extent. But certain ones just get it, don't they? And they get your heart. It's funny as well. In um, Weston McKenney's latest interview, talked about how crap he was at Leeds and how he, he let people down, but he's been great for his career because everything's going well for him at Juventus. He, one of the things in that he says is like, you know, I let people down, but ultimately, at the end of the day, when it's my last day on this earth, who's going to be next to me? Are any of them? And it's like, what a weird way of looking at things. And you talk there about Ailing getting it, and it's like, McKenney clearly didn't get it. I mean, I don't think he gets what being a footballer has been about, if that's how he mm. looks at things. But Ailing definitely did. 
I mean, look at how we're all reacting to it now. We're, we're recording a special podcast to it and then we're all like wiping the tears from our eyes from yesterday. And it's like, yeah, that's what happens when you just give a shit yeah. and like get the best out of yourself. And, you know, we still name awards of the week and awards of the mag about Gaetano Berardi and Andy Hughes and players like that. And you think that's what we ask. And if you do that, we love you for it. Mm. And that's what Ailing's proved. And in the middle of that, as well as being a really good bloke, incredibly hardworking, as we've touched on, was brilliant mm. for a few years as well. Like was it was in I was looking back, was in kind of championship team of the year in the Guardian, the PFA one. He was um he was in like voted players player of the year, I think one of the years potentially as well. The he was year when we went up, I think he was PFA championship player of the year. That was yeah, that was it. Yeah, like as voted for by other players, wasn't it, yeah. I think. Which is a high accolade um, as well. Yeah. So high like, accolade. It was just unreal in yeah. those in those games. To sum it up based on what Rob said there, he got it and us and we got him and I think you can't really ask for more than that so we just say thank you Luke Ailey all the best but not Middlesbrough The Square Ball Podcast Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 